Hello everyone, welcome to Under the Spotlight, episode 2. Thank you for the feedback in the first episode with Octopus Caveman, and welcome to today's episode. Sit back and enjoy, and if you feel like it, share online and let me know what you think about this episode by DMing me on Twitter, at Hugh Burgess. My guest today is Byron Saul, also known as Byron, an Australian singer-songwriter currently travelling and touring in Europe. His shy manner off stage is a complete contrast to his incredible presence and voice on stage, which puts him ahead of his time at the age of just 23. He talks about his early years with his friend Jerry and their collaboration as Jez and Biz in his hometown of Newcastle, Australia. We go on to discuss his ongoing solo project, starting off with his adventures into Melbourne and the observations he channeled into a song, and on to our mutual appreciation for Bon Iver, one of his musical influences, whose song Perth helped him cope with the passing of his grandfather. We discuss his most popular song, Woman, recorded live at Pony Bar in Hamburg, where we initially met, and finally he tells us what's next in his journey. Melbourne and the song Perth were both recorded live at Mobile Blues Club here in Hamburg. We spoke in the dining room here of my flat, so you may hear the creaks of the old wooden table and the ambience of outside. You may also hear profanity now and then. A truly special guest and a good friend, ladies and gents, Byron. Do that your bag. friend made you. He did. Tell me about that. Um, yeah, my friend Tim, who's also um, my drummer sometimes back home, he is like, we call him the jack of all trades, master of one, because he's like a drum master. Like, he's probably like the best, one of the best drummers I've ever seen in my life. Like, just incredible. But one thing that he's recently started doing is he can do anything is making bags out of like recycled materials. So, how, did he, how did he discover that talent? I have no idea. I have no idea. Like he can do anything. Like he's an amazing cook. Like he, he can make amazing food out of anything you have. Like you just bring him into your house, show him what you've got and he'll make something amazing with it. And he can like do carpentry. He can do like engine like he's a he went to university and studied engineering um like some like advanced engineering yeah. um he can do like electronics and stuff like he can like wire up your house and shit if you need to like he can he can like you know it's just to do anything really I mean, there's what can't he do is the like is the, the real question but yeah he made this bag out of a couch how did he discover that talent? I have no idea, man. I have no idea. Um, but he can he can just just goes to show that you can do anything you set your mind to if you really believe in yourself. But um yeah. yeah. He made that bag out of a couch that was found on the side of the road and some canvas. I don't know where the canvas came from, but I know that the couch was on the side of the road, so so you're gonna to have to describe the bag since this is an audio. It, yeah, that's true. <laughs> what uh, what color is it? What does it look like? Yeah, yeah. It's a really weird looking bag. It looks like it honestly does look like a bunch of pillows put together. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. It's like a, if you imagine brown, dark brown couch leather, like a really old leather couch. That's exactly the color of the bag, and then it's got this sort of brown 
striped canvas material on on the on the back and underneath and it's like waterproof as well so that's pretty sweet is he from your hometown yeah newcastle yeah newcastle australia what was that like newcastle was that a quiet australia? town um it's it's a sm- i'd say it's like a small city you know like it's just it's a it's a town that has city like aspirations i'd say so it's a big village well like there's 350,000 people. That's quite a lot of people. Yeah. It's it's not a town town. Like it's t- I mean it's a town to me, but like some people would call that a city, others might not. But yeah, I'd say it's like halfway between a town and a city. Like living there, you can pretty much see people you know wherever you go. So it's got that kind of small town kind of charm to it, but also it's still sort of big enough to like have a lot of different events going on and it's not boring it's not like there's nothing happening like there's always something always some new event to go and see or art exhibitions or gigs or shows and there's quite a few music venues in town a lot of pubs a lot of bars a lot of restaurants um yeah and really beautiful beaches as well so yeah it's pretty um uh, welcoming place actually it's like if a city was welcoming is that where you met Jerry it is yeah we went to high school together so tell us about Jerry you're Jerry. you're uh, yeah yeah you've got this bank thing on Bandcamp jazz jazz and biz jazz yeah. and biz yeah well we met in I think actually we met before high school but I cannot really remember it because I think we were like 12 years old and we were doing some acting classes um, outside of school, um, yeah, I, I don't really remember it at all, but I know that I met him there, because I recognised him when I, on my first day of high school, I saw him at school, and I was like, oh shit, it's Jerry, it's like Jerry kid, like, and I, like, hung out with him a little bit when I was in year seven, so, like, 12, 13 years old, but then we kind of, like, we didn't really spend any time together for, like, a few years, and then we kind of, eventually um found each other again after like once we got to like maybe year year 10 i'd say like when i was about 16 um and he would have been 15 so then we yeah we started hanging out some more and he would be in some of my short films i used to make i used to make a lot of films back in high school um and did then, you feel did you feel that was where your life was going in that that direction towards film or yeah yeah back then I did yeah because I at the time I didn't think that I'd ever be able to like I didn't feel like I was allowed to to do music you know um, so I would do like film instead because it was still like really creative and uh, like it was pretty fun as well and you could still like collaborate with people and have a laugh, have a good time. And you collaborated with Jerry. You started the... We, yeah, we did. But, um... Biz thing. That, oh, that, that didn't come till much later. But, yeah, that's... We... Yeah, so we started hanging out and, like, from him acting in my little short films. Mm-hmm. And then, um, eventually we just kind of got closer and closer. Like, the more we, time we spent together, the more we had in common. And there were certain, like, qualities that he would have that I didn't have and that I had that he didn't have as a person. And I feel like over the years we kind of exchanged like 
for example, Jerry's, like, always the kind of person that's, like, really spontaneous and, like, he can just, like, sort of jump into any any situation and, like, make it work. And, but also he was kind of chaotic, whereas mm-hmm. I was, like, really shy and reserved, but I was really good at planning and thinking things ahead and making things work that way. So those kind of things complemented each other. And now I feel like we're both kind of in the middle. Like, we mm-hmm. both kind of have the ability to um, tap in to both sides of that what, sort of... What year was that when you met? Um, would have been, like... Like, when we really started to become friends, like, probably between, like, 2012 and 2014. Oh, right, as late as that. Yeah, well, like... Like, we, we knew each other, like, all through high school. Like, we knew we, we, of each other. We knew mm-hmm. each other were there. But we didn't really spend much time together. It was just kind of like, oh, yeah, I You know, that we were sort of in two different social groups. Tell, tell us about the challenge accepted. Oh, yeah. Well, like, yeah, after we left high school, like, that's when our friendship really kind of kicked into overdrive and we'd spend heaps of time together and one of the things that we naturally just started doing over the years was just um, uh, making up silly comedy kind of funny, fun songs. Yeah. Whenever we were hanging out together, like, we'd just kind of slip into it and, like, he'd do some, like, lyrics and then I'd add some and, like, we'd just kind of go back and forth like that and we'd make these stupid songs and then just forget them. Actually, we were doing... We started doing that in high school, actually. No, I just remembered. We, like, in the high school, like, um, senior common room, I remember, like, heaps of times it was me and Jerry and then other people would just kind of come in and out, but it was just me and Jerry sitting in the senior's common room, like, just kind of making these stupid songs. I remember one of them was called Tony the Fuckwit Tiger. (laughs) He's like Tony the fuck with <laughs> Yeah, because uh, I get the feeling from what I've heard, it sounds a lot like Flight of the Concords early days. Yeah, it's yeah. really experimental, and <laughs> there's one one of my favorites that uh, I've asked you to play so many times is the Queen Elizabeth one. Oh yeah, yeah. and then the Sandals one. It, it's like you're exploring <laughs> different moods. Like you yeah, go through. Yeah. There's one that's got rap and it's got police car noises. <laughs> And then you've got another one. The Sandals one is like really bluesy and almost like Ella Fitzgerald. <laughs> and then the, the Queen Elizabeth one is, it, to me, that's, that's Flight of the Concourse. That. Yeah, yeah, totally. Some people think that I'm Queen Elizabeth, but I am clearly not. Mm. I understand you think I'm a little effeminate, but I am significantly more hot. Than Queen Elizabeth, it's not a compliment, so please don't act like it is. I don't wear a crown, I don't wear dresses, don't always frown, I'm way more impressive. She may be ruler of the earth or just England, but who's really listening? Every day I'm walking down the street and people come up to me pointing at their coins and then pointing to me. They're always comparing my face to the face that's on the coin. I just don't understand it. She's a freaky old lady and I'm a sexy young boy. Some people think that I'm Queen Elizabeth when I am clearly not. 
do not own two fluffy doggies And I don't drink a tea a lot Like Queen Elizabeth You know I can tell That she is an addict Is it my hair? Is it my clothes? Is it my face? I just don't know but to think I'm Queen Elizabeth Never can provide one single shred of evidence Please explain your hypothesis In a way that makes sense That would be best So here comes Miss Liz 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 Elizabeth Liz 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 Elizabeth Liz 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 Elizabeth Liz 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 Elizabeth Queen Elizabeth by Jazz and Biz, courtesy of their Bandcamp page. So, what made you leave Australia? Um, I guess like, well, I like I started doing music once I left high school, and like I've been really giving that a good go for the last four years now. Um, in like doing my own sort of solo project, I'd just gotten to the point where. Uh, I feel like I just kind of played the same places like 10 times each and just kind of like going around in circles a little bit back in Newcastle. Like it's not a massive place. It's not a massive city. Like it's pretty easy to just play, to have played everywhere in in town. It's a bit repetitive. It does. It does get a bit repetitive. So, and I'd always dreamed of um, traveling through um through Europe and also like Jerry's traveled through Europe a bunch of times as well and like it always just felt to me like a place that was kind of calling my name or some somehow I don't know I just always felt inside like I need to go mm. there I don't know why I just need to go there but, and yeah I wrote I wrote a song like that um yeah, yeah. I was a cleaner huh. and I, I I think this is probably my the story I've said the most when I talk about anything about travel, but um, it was like uh, twenty three years old. I was I was working in a a shitty cleaning job. Yeah. Like four till seven a.m. Fucking awful. And this boss came up to me and was like, "So what are you gonna do with your life?" Like she, it was really out of the blue because she mm. was always talking about work. And then she came up to me one day and was like, "What are you gonna do with your life?" And I was like, "Oh, I'd really like to go to Australia because I've always always wanted to go there. You know, I've got family there." We talk about it as kids, like our parents used to say, if you don't learn your manners, you're not going to Australia, you know? And then I was like, yeah, so I want to go traveling to Australia. Ha! And then I got back to the cleaning. And that night, well, that morning, I got back and I was just kind of like, fuck, I should really act on that. And it's weird because I'm most, I'm most creative when I'm really tired. Like at mm. night, I am so ready. I write songs like when I go to bed. Mm. And uh, so I, I went online and I bought the visa and then I went to bed and then I woke up the next day in a fucking panic. Like I was freaking out and 
fuck, I, I, did I do that? I tried to cancel. I couldn't cancel. And then I was like, okay, I need to just embrace this. And it was really weird because I became very present after that because so much shit happened in my life, which kind of was making me stay. Like I met this girl, I was with this girl for about a year. Um, life was really going in the direction of don't go traveling. You know, it was like the worst timing, but at the same time, it was something I then wrote a song about called Bird, which was like that voice in the head that says like, go travel. But that voice isn't around for long. You know, you only get so many times in your life when you you hear the little voice, not to be crazy, but the voice that says like, do that, take the risk, jump, you know, uh, take that job that you want to do, like just dream bigger. But it doesn't stick around because it goes. I think it's a bit like imagination. Like as a kid, you're really imaginative and you play with your toys and stuff. Then you get older, it dulls down. I think people people kind of lose that. That's what I really like about musicians is they can really tap into, like actors as well, they really tap into that creative side that so many people just become numb to. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like it's, or at least subdued or recedes to someone, like someone you wouldn't think is a, an amazing painter rather than them saying, this is what I do, look at my works. Like they keep it to themselves. Mm. You think like, do you think that kind of changed your music then? Because it sounds like in the beginning, your music was very contained. Like your, the, 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 the song I think everyone probably knows you best for, which we'll talk about later, uh, has changed completely from, from the SoundCloud uh, recording that you have. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, I guess, well, yeah. When well, when I left when I left high school, uh, I guess I did feel pretty contained. Like I did feel pretty trapped a lot of the time. And I like when I left, I went traveling up to Cairns in far north Queensland for a couple of months, and I was living with my auntie and my grandma because um yeah they're from from there, yeah. so. Yeah, it was, uh, like, I, even, even when I was, um, like, you know, even when I left and traveled there, like, I still kind of felt pretty boxed in because I was still, like, with my family and, um, still kind of felt, um, yeah, I, I still felt that box around me a mm. lot of the time. Um, and I was still, like, just figuring out what music meant to me and, like, what, uh, what it was that I was doing with my life. So. so, so where did Melbourne come in in all this as a music scene and then well, the song? Where did that Where did that come into your life? Yeah, Melbourne was like maybe I'd say like two years after I, or maybe a year after I, um, sort of really started trying to get my music happening, and the song is about these two different times that I went to Melbourne um and like the first time that I went it was this like really spontaneous weird kind of <laughs> trip with um Jerry like he I was just sitting at home one day and then I think it was like four in the afternoon or something mm. um and then I just get a phone call and he's like hey man let's go to Melbourne right now let's go and then like two hours later we were driving down the highway and like we slept in the car that night halfway and then got there the next day and 
I don't know, like, at the time, like, we were just too, like, kind of lost, anxious, emotionally wired young boys without any plans, with fuck all money, and no idea what we were doing with ourselves, and we kind of went... We, we had one friend in Melbourne, and we basically just rocked up at her door, and we just kind of surprised her. I mean, like, the... We, she had always, like, she was always trying to get us to come down to Melbourne and she'd offered us to stay at her place before. She was always like, come on, you've got to come visit me sometime. Yeah. Blah, blah. You can stay with me. So we just kind of did that. We didn't ask. We just rocked up out of the blue. We just surprised her and we waited out the front of her house until she got home. And then we called her up and I had my acoustic guitar and Jerry had his trumpet and we played... Perth actually and she really loves that song out mm. of the front of her house and she was like hang on a minute I can hear this not just through the phone what's going on and then she came out she saw us there and like we had fucking like fairy lights draped all over us as well and we're playing it's night time and I think it was kind of raining as well and then she just like started crying she was like this is the best surprise ever wow yeah it was really nice but we were just like so loose and all over the shop you know and it was such a weird move as well to to do that because, like, Jerry and her had been sort of having this weird on-and-off relationship thing. And at that time, she was living with her new boyfriend. So we were just kind of there. Like, and, you know, I'm, I was sort of, you know, doing my classic... I mean, for me, it's sort of my classic um, just ending up in scenarios where I'm just... Um, not really third wheeling, but I'm I'm not involved. Is that a reoccurring theme <laughs> in your life? I feel like I'm I, I feel like a lot of the time, like I'm observing really weird shit that goes on. Like I often get in positions where I'm not actually involved and I'm like totally outside of it, but I'm right there in the thick of it with everybody else and kind of observing. It's really quite funny. But yeah, so I kind of found myself in a situation like that where things were getting so weird, but it wasn't getting weird at me. Things were getting weird and I was just there watching it all unfold and it was just this really strange experience that we had. And then, yeah, so like that was, that's the, the first time. And then the second time was two years after that and it was the total opposite of that. It was like I... Um, had planned this tour down to Melbourne and with my band and what was the band name? Oh, it was just me, like just my solo project, but oh, with right. more people playing with me. And we all went down to Melbourne and we played like the just the best show that we played on that tour was in Melbourne, and like we had all. I don't know, like, yeah, we we just had such a great time and the audience was really into it and we just loved it. And then, like, we sort of, um, very soon after that show, we went camping and we all got, like, really drunk together off cheap wine and we were, like, running around in this field in the, the light of the full moon and, like, we were, like, all, wow. like hugging each other and holding hands and like, oh, I love you so much, you know? Like, it was just, like, really beautiful. I, I, just, I just couldn't help but notice, like, the contrast between those two times and, like, the links between them. Like, it was both times was 
really centered around friendship and solidarity and mm. personal growth and trying new things. And it was kind of like Melbourne the first time was the like test run and Melbourne the second time was like the culmination of everything that happened in between those two times. So it was like, like sort of a personal vindication or, or something like that, you know, like really growing up yeah. and feeling whole instead of sort of all over the place and scattered and vulnerable, but like still like carrying that, like carrying the vulnerability in like, uh, with a sense of pride, you know, and, and not with a sense of fear.
Performed there by Byron at Mobile Blues Club. I gotta say, I think Melbourne is probably probably one of the most uh, in the recent in in the last five years one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard, honestly. No. And it's different for it's different for so many people. Like there's songs I've written that I thought are oh this is gonna be a, an absolute knocker, and other people go oh that's really sad or <sighs> like. Oh, that's really beautiful. I'm like, well, it's not going to be, you know. Mm. But there's something about it. It's just maybe it's the, the the guitar and the way you follow with the guitar and 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 there's this really nice part at the end. It's almost like an audience participation. Is that yeah. is that your answer to looking for getting the the audience involved in your songs? Like, because there's a lot of influence from artists that you like who mm. do this as well, mm. namely Bon Iver. Mm. Uh, with the wolves, for example, yeah, when yeah. he gets up on a scream at the end. Yeah, Did yeah, you yeah. kind of take from that? Yeah, I mean, for sure. Like, definitely the old Bonnie Bear's been a huge influence for me. But, um, yeah, I mean, I didn't really... Like, when I wrote that, I didn't have that in mind. Like, what I did have in mind was Jerry playing that melody on the trumpet. Like, I heard... Like oh, I see. A brass section. So, like, when I am playing that by myself, I want the audience to be the brass section that I hear mm. in my head. Oh. Um, so, it's... And, like, the whole point of the song is, like, that friendship and solidarity and camaraderie and strength in togetherness. And I feel like that ending is kind of illustrating that point but without words it's just like providing a space for everyone to perform that action the mm -hmm. action of being one so like that's kind of the point behind it less about mimicking stuff that i like that um justin vernon's done mm. and more about like oh like this is like this is a symbol for like what I want to see more in my life and in, in, in the world, maybe like if I go, want to go that far, you know, I think from getting to know you over the last couple of weeks, that's something I have only just realized through this, that you're very obs observational with your songwriting. Yeah. You know, so many people use music in a different way. Mm. Each person has a different way of, I use music personally to understand or to reflect things in the past, often to make sense of things in the past, and then I leave it. Mm. If I have an emotion about something, I put it into a song and that emotion's gone. Like I wrote a song when I was feeling very isolated, a song called Ghost, and as soon as I got it out of my system, it was, it was like medicine, it was gone. Mm. I didn't have any horrible feelings or anything afterwards. Um, I wrote it during a thunderstorm, it was really fitting actually. But um, what brings you then to, I, I really want to uh, play uh, Perth to the listeners, so this, this song, 
what, why, why this song? Why Perth? And you said your friend heard it when you were in Melbourne as well. What... Mm, well, yeah, we, we played that to, like, Jerry and I played that to um, our friend who we surprised. And, like, that was a song that she really enjoyed. Um, but, like, I, yeah, when, that was the first, Perth was the first Bon Iver song I ever heard, actually. And I remember when uh, someone showed it to me, like, they sent, they sent it, they sent it to me, um, because I, I think I was, like, I don't know, some, somehow over the internet, this person sent me the song, because they're like, oh, you've heard of Bon Iver, right? And I was like, no, what, what's Bon Iver? I don't know what that's like. <laughs> that's what, what I called them as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, what, what's this Bon Iver? No, I haven't heard of Bon Iver. It's nonsense. <laughs> and like, and then I, I think I was probably like 17 or something, maybe, when I listened to it. And I, yeah, I just, re- I remember every moment of it because it was just so profound. Like, I listened to this song and I remember, like, seeing the album cover and, like, just being totally absorbed in it. And I know I like, never felt this way about a song before. I'd never felt so overcome. Like, all of... I had no idea what the words were. I couldn't understand any of the lyrics. I'd never heard mm. that combination of instruments. I'd never heard that style of production. Like, I couldn't make any sense of it. I was like, what is this kind of weird choir thing and these marching drums and these electric guitars and the horns and double drum kit stuff and like this kind of heavy metal double foot pedal like bass part and like this sort of like there was no traditional song structure to it there wasn't a chorus there wasn't really anything that repeated other than the main riff of the song and I just had, I just had no idea how to interpret that. And I just, like, uh, at first I thought I didn't like it. Like, when I finished, I was like, what? What was that? That was, oh, I, I, I don't get it. What's going on? I don't know. And, but I kept coming back. Like, mm-hmm. every, every, like, like, ten minutes later, I was listening to it again. And then the next day, I listened to it again. And then for, like, that whole week, I was listening to it. And then I was trying to figure out how to play it. And then I just kept listening to it all the time. Like, I just couldn't stop listening to that song. And then I started listening to the rest of the the music. I was, like, I bought all of the albums that he had at the time. And, like, I just couldn't get enough of it. And it just, like, really started expanding my musical vocabulary because it changed what I thought music could be like it made me realize that music doesn't have to be like a verse chorus verse chorus bridge chorus thing Mm. it doesn't have to be this one thing you can express anything with music and the thing that really got me about that song is like it really reminded me of my granddad and he had passed away in 2011 when that song was released and the lyrics of it to me I don't like I didn't know what the song was about but the the still alive who you love lyric like really helped me come to terms with his death because it made me realize that he is still alive within myself Mm. my memories of him won't go away Mm -hmm. they'll always be there and in that way still alive who you love so 
that's why that song means so much to me. Thank you. 
performing Perth by Bon Iver at Mobile Blues Club. Why Bon Iver? What was it about his music that set apart from anything else you'd heard at the time? I think the main point for me is the lyricism. I had never experienced up in, like when I first heard it, before then I'd never experienced such oblique lyricism, like such obscurity and such like expressionism. Like I hadn't, um, like I I just really listened to all of like the classic music, like all like Beatles, The Doors, Led Zeppelin, Jimi Hendrix, like all that kind of stuff where the lyricism is like super direct and it makes sense. Maybe less with Jimi Hendrix. He's a bit more um, psychedelic with the way that he does things. But the lyricism is very much like it's telling you what's going on, you know, it's telling you what to feel, what to think, and it's painting pictures for you. And it's like, you know, like you know what's going on. Whereas this music invited me to interpret as I wished to and allowed me to put myself in this world that I hadn't even thought of before. So in that way, I felt like it gave me freedom to experience and interpret things in, in the way that I, that I wanted to, mm. which other music doesn't always let you, I guess, you know. You feel like Bon Iver was almost like an emotion, capturing an emotion. Yeah, absolutely. Like it was allowing me to feel mm. instead of telling me to feel. And does that influence your process? For sure. Like I, I like ever since I heard that, like I, that's something I've always wanted to do for people as well, is to like give them that experience as well. Allow people to be able to take what they want from what I'm offering instead of sort of pontificating and telling people what they should be feeling or what they should be thinking. Just like allowing people to do with and imagine what they want to. Tell me about this, this song, Woman. Because mm-hmm. this, is, this has been on my mind for probably a month now. Yeah. What, how the fuck did you get something as... I don't know how when I first heard it I I said I turned to Jules after I heard it we were in uh, Pony Bar yeah Pony Bar in Hamburg and it's a it's an open mic and we all go along and uh, oh there was an opening act yeah I'm not gonna say who (laughs) and there were some other players and then you went on stage Australian guy and immediately my ears pricked up because I've always liked Australian musicians. <laughs> and I was like, okay, here we go. You know, just another one of these. Yeah. I'm so used to hearing guitar Australian yeah. French festival in Edinburgh. Hi, my name's David. I'm from yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. from Melbourne. I'm going to be playing the guitar on my knees. And, <coughs> and they do like slide guitar. Yeah, yeah. It's so fucking... Yes. So common. Yes. And then you and then you played your, your style. And I turned to Jules and I was like, I'm an atheist and all that, but this makes me believe in God. Honestly, I had a fucking religious experience. I think I said that to you. As I did, I then sang after, but I went on stage and I went past you and I was like, "Man, you made me believe in Jesus." Like this is, this is really something. Yeah, that was intense. Yeah, what's the 
what is this process that you how did you get that song like from the from from the the song you have on SoundCloud yeah and the song that you have now yeah what happened in between well I think it was between when I first wrote that and now um, was just a really long healing process you know like I, it like many many years of work and healing emotionally from that time and it was a real raw and rough dark kind of journey um especially in the beginning and i think the whole journey those four years from then until now has just been this constant process of incrementally freeing myself from the past and becoming less and less trapped and controlled by what has come before me and beginning to and being like definitely able to now live in the moment in the present and not be in this kind of like um yeah in this twilight zone that (laughs) doesn't exist anymore you know I, I think the the more I like played that song and the more I worked on it and the more people that I allowed to like come in and like collaborate with me on it like my band back home like my my drummer Cameron and my strings player Joshua like that uh, they they really influenced like the development of that song I think as well by sort of adding sort of different ideas to it which like especially especially Cameron like when he added the like the drum his drum parts to it um when we play it live back home it really changed up how I was playing it before Mm. when I was just starting out and I was like really young playing it solo um it sounded a lot tighter on the yeah on the studio recording I think like being playing it live with a band and like jamming like that's really been an important thing for me and like to develop my like stagecraft and like how I will like interpret music as well so I think there's a lot of different elements like there's an emotional element there's like the literal like who am I playing with like and like holding on to those lessons that I've learnt like from from playing it for so many years and I think like I've been able to express myself more honestly the the more I've practiced and like the more I've performed um and the less afraid I get like the more honest I'm able to be and like it's when I'm feeling the most honest that I perform the best and like that's kind of the whole I think that's where this sort of journey with this song has ended up is I feel like I've found like the sort of complete story um, and I'm able to just relay that whole thing and not feel frightened or ashamed or controlled in any way. I feel like I can just express that and leave it up to, to everybody else to, to interpret it.
Thank you. Woman performed by Byron at Pony Bar in Hamburg. So what's next for you? Well, um, I think like other than just going uh, to, um, other than just playing some more shows over in um, Hamburg and in Berlin, um, other than that, like like the the real idea is like when I go home, it's like I really wanna go as hard as I can into um, my like solo project and like that's something that's gonna like really like change quite quite drastically I guess I'm, I'm planning on taking on a like sort of pseudonym instead of just using my first name you're gonna change it yeah 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 why would you do that because I I think when I was starting out using my first name had a point to it like it it had a purpose and I had a goal with just using my first name and I feel like now I've completed that goal and it served its purpose and like and it, like if if you're interested like the goal of it was to like just put myself out there and stop you know like allow myself to become more open and and honest and um less like shy and reserved and less could have boxed in mm. and i feel like now like i've done that and like my name is like it's like just using that has helped me get to where i need to be now but i think the the next step is not just being one thing like being allowed to be anything you know not just me not just byron but like become and speak from places that don't just come from me that can sort of come from anywhere or can be anyone in particular so like that's why i want to have i want to adopt that like a, a a new name that has got nothing to do with me at all, really. Have you got any ideas? Yeah. Yeah, I've already decided. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Can you share? Yeah. Um, it's The project is going to be renamed to Photo of the Moon, which is named after a song that I wrote last year after not writing a song for a really long time. And it was, like, such a turning point me really felt significant that song writing that song it felt so like cathartic and really beautiful and honest mm. and so you're kind of honoring that yeah, yeah like I feel like that song came from somewhere that was simultaneously from inside and outside of myself and I feel like that title is the best way to um, describe that music is with that, those particular words. And I think that that title gives a lot of space for new music and other things to come in and become part of that new world. 
And are you going to be um, on Bandcamp, on yeah. Spotify? Where, where can people find you? Well, that, yeah, that's definitely will be going on Bandcamp. And I think as well I'll put some things on, on Spotify, but I'd say definitely best bet would be Bandcamp because it's like the, the most fair kind of website for musicians as well like they take the least cut from your music oh really money wise yeah whereas Spotify like they don't they really don't give you anything basically it's yeah it sucks but it's the world we live in I guess but where do you see yourself in three years well I really hope to be like playing in festivals like, I, I want to be doing, you know, like, at least some, like, small festivals, and I want to be touring, like, Australia. At, um, like, I've, I'm planning to be regularly touring, like, doing solo tours by myself in a van, going around Australia, different towns and things like that, and just building it up the old-fashioned way. And, and then over time, like, as I build up, a fan base, I guess, in, in each place. I, I want to be able to make it at a level where I can start bringing other people along with me and playing, like, in a band, like, trio, four-piece kind of thing, five-piece, like, that kind of stuff. And, like, eventually I'd love to get to the kind of stage where I'm doing some kind of, like, you know, Bon Iver, Bon Iver, nine-piece band kind of set up. Going experimental, going electric, going I, electronic. I don't know. To know about that, but I I'd love to like the more people that I play with like because I've played with like on stage with like a nine piece kind of setup eleven piece setup before with my songs and I loved it so much mm. like just collaborating with people in a live setting is just just so electric you know and there's just so much energy on stage to bounce off you know if you can look back to this podcast in five years yeah what you want to say now that you're gonna you're gonna try and achieve by five years i'd like to be like touring in europe like in a like official capacity like i'd want to be able to like pull a crowd over here i'd want to be able to play to like a you know, like a like you know, like a five hundred seat theater or something. You know, like be able to draw that. That's humble. The crowd, you know, like or yeah. like and you know play in like so like the folk festival kind of scene over here and you know be able to travel around and have it make sense financially and be able to pay people to be on that trip with me. You know, and cover the costs of it and yeah, make it worthwhile for anyone who chooses to come along with me i do like the, a segment uh-huh. which i think i'm going to make a thing mm. quick fire questions okay so i got a couple of questions for you if you could be an animal what would you be cat, cat. a cat yeah cat. straight off yeah you think you were a cat in a past life probably what's your biggest fear running out of cash <laughs> no. <laughs> no i think i'll take your first answer because that's on it <laughs> You're then going to make something up to cover it, right? <laughs> uh, what's your biggest accomplishment this thus far? 
Uh, honesty. In your songwriting or in your life? In my life. If you could bring back someone from the past, famous or family, anybody, mm -hmm. anybody, mm -hmm. uh, someone who's died, who would it yeah. be? Um, Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. You get one meal for the rest of your life. What is it? Thai red curry. You're not going to get sick of that? No. What's your favorite word? Ooh, favorite word. Um, wow. For some reason, all I can think of in my mind right now is Saskatchewan, the name of the town. <laughs> Saskatchewan. I don't know why. It's got a funny ring to it, isn't it? It's a funny sound, but I wouldn't. It's it's not a word though, the name. But um, what a, what a favorite word? Probably, man. That's a really hard question. That's probably like the hardest question to ask. <laughs> maybe maybe I'll just go with fuck. <laughs> Uh, I've just remembered what I was going to ask you earlier. Uh, I'll put it on the end. What's your favorite joke? My favorite joke? My life. I can't take that as an answer. <laughs> Have you got like a joke, like a knock-knock joke or something? That... I actually don't. I really don't. I uh, really you don't. To, you need to get some jokes on your belt. Uh, I just, yeah, I've been... Oh. All right. I was, I was, uh, I cut it earlier, but I was pausing because we were talking about how people have names yeah see where this is going they got names but names are just vocal sounds oh <laughs> yeah. so if you had a child yeah would you i mean what would i name it my could child? be a joke but like yeah would you ever go extreme to name your child with a screech well like I am planning to not ever have children, but I think if I do have a child, I would probably name it. <laughs> that is just the weirdest fucking thing. I'd be like, hey, <laughs> come in, it's time for dinner or some shit, I don't know. I made pasta, I don't know what time it is. And what would, what would you call your, your pet? <laughs> My pet, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I just think it would be fun to name a cat or something like something really cute like just like kitten destroyer of worlds or something like that you yeah. <laughs> know i really hope you stick to that i really hope that's something that actually turns out um so byron where can people look you up right now where, right now where are you available i think probably the best place would be um instagram and my facebook page so at the moment my instagram is um at Byron Songwell. And that's B Y R E N. Yes. S O N G. Yes. W E L L. Yes. And then um, on Facebook, if you just look up B Y R E N in the pages section, then you'll find me. But in the future, it will all be Photo of the Moon. So, yeah, stick around for that, I guess. Something to look out for? Yeah. You have a mailing list? I've just started. I have five people at the moment on Fuck. there. Really? <laughs> you started that like two days ago. Yeah. And you're 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 traveling around quite a lot with your music, no? Um. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess I I have I have been of late, but yeah. The I've only I've only done the mailing list at the last gig I played, and there wasn't heaps of people at the last gig I played. So, yeah. Can people mail you somewhere to get on the mailing list? 
Um, if do, they do you have a public? If you if you send it send it to me like in an Instagram DM or a Facebook message. Yeah. You would say Facebook and Instagram is your main platform. Yeah, I'd say so. Well, Byron, thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank you. And uh, we hope to uh, hear from you in the future. You will, yeah. As full of the moon. Yes. Yeah, thanks for having me. So that's the episode. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in, and I hope you enjoyed this one as much as I did. You can find Byron online and check out his music on Facebook. You've been listening to Under the Spotlight. Till next time. Mm-hmm.